You are listening to Messy in the Middle, the show here to help you navigate the messy blend that is life and business today. I'm your host, Haley Johnson, and my guests and I are here to dish out all the hot takes, big wins, and seriously messy moments that come with being an entrepreneur. So grab another cup of coffee, you know you want to, and let's get into it. All right, welcome back to Messy in the Middle. Joining us today, we have Kira LaForgia with a decade of experience in people operations in the corporate world. Kira is no stranger to the sensitive issues involved in the human side of running a business. There's a lot to learn from hiring, onboarding, training, and managing the performance of over 500 employees for a multi-million dollar business. The good news is she learned it all so you don't have to. Kira founded Paradigm to bridge the gap between corporate HR policies and the modern needs of online entrepreneurs, because Google might have almost all the answers, but it doesn't have what your unique business needs. Kira, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I sound so legit when you talk about me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you have a copywriter write your bio. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't blow me up like that. (laughs) Sorry. We can edit it out. Just kidding. Her handle is... Her handle is Abby Writes Copy, and she's amazing. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, Kira, <laughs> tell us about you and your business journey up until this point. I know you have a lot of experience in corporate sales and HR, but when it comes to Paradigm, what's your origin story? Well, I guess just like any millennial entrepreneur, COVID happened and things changed. (laughs) So um, I have been consulting, doing freelance consulting for HR and people operations, meaning helping people maximize the people in their business for a little over six years since 2014. But well, I guess that's like, wow, I can say over seven years now because we just had the new year. That makes me sound so elderly. Anyway, um, but I didn't transition over to working with online entrepreneurs until COVID because I basically ended up having way too much time on my hands and decided to start consulting for more remote businesses and utilizing my experience to help teams to create that kind of synchronicity that we see in in in-person businesses. And then I was introduced to the online business world. And then things just sort of snowballed as everyone just sort of started realizing that managing a remote team is totally different than an in-person team or that we didn't want to replicate the same things that we had experienced in corporate in our own businesses. And so our people operations leg of the business kind of blew up and that's really all we do now. Um, So just helping people with online teams has been really rewarding because you get to talk to people from everywhere. You get to really connect with them and understand them. And we get to do it the way that we want to do it instead of just like kind of the way that our like dads, I guess, more like, this is business, do it this way. And we were like, dang it, that's boring. And I hate it kind of a thing. So it kind of sounds like your business is specializing in helping people as they enter that messy middle stage. Did you feel any sort of like imposter syndrome with that when you were in the beginning stages of being someone who helps people in the middle stage? I mean, yeah, every day, like even now I'm like, I can't believe they listened to me and it worked. Like, I don't think that imposter syndrome goes away. And I, I'm kind of of the belief that the best leaders, and that's what we teach is leadership and management as a result of proper HR strategy and compliance. 
the best leaders and managers are vulnerable and they're willing to learn and to basically always be open to new ways of thinking and new perspectives. So I, I feel like if you are open to that, then you're always going to be open to a little bit more criticism and a little bit more questioning your own value and your own opinions and your own actions. And so it's kind of, I'm trying to embrace it just like anybody else. Like we're sometimes just in a room by ourselves with our ring light all day long. So it can be a little weird to remember that the impact we're making goes far beyond these four walls and the conversations we're having on zoom and to just really make sure that we're, I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about having a team is that it can kind of connect you to your overall mission because you're also impacting the people that are working for you. That's really awesome. I love that. So do you feel like even though the imposter syndrome kind of stays with you and you're always like thinking and checking and making sure that, you know, you're working to be better, do you feel like you hit a point where that confidence came more easily or where it was a little easier to talk yourself down off of that imposter syndrome ledge? And can you talk about maybe what that transition was like? Yeah, I mean, I think just acknowledging that we all feel this has been really helpful for me. So being a person that is generally really empathetic, I think that especially during COVID, we have changed from I'm an extrovert, but now it does take a lot more energy for me to be putting out information and energy and conversations. And so I think that kind of that process of understanding that you don't like you can still be fulfilled and not have to have it be like a constant energy feed um, has also kind of created a little bit of a balance of when I'm talking to people or relating to people or networking with people or even talking to my really close friends that also are entrepreneurs, just knowing that other people have these same experiences is really comforting for me. So it doesn't always turn into like a, for lack of a better term, like a bitch sesh about like how crappy we feel all the time, but more so just like a supportive thing where it's like, I'm feeling this way. And it's like, oh, I felt that way recently too. And, you know, building each other up, but also acknowledging that we are going to have shortcomings no matter what. So it's not just like some phony conversation where everybody's like, you're amazing. It's like, no, like we're going to hold each other accountable to be the best versions of ourselves and to improve and to get better and to acknowledge our shortcomings when, and if they do happen, but we're all doing it. So it's okay to even be open to that with high level clients or, you know, to ask for support or even to ask for like general feedback about things often. So then we can continue to work on that feeling, but also to invite people to tell us when we are doing a good job, because I think that's been a big game changer for me in creating these relationships where I trust enough to be vulnerable with my team to a certain extent. And then also to my friends is that And even clients is that, hey, like I'm inviting some opportunity for feedback. How did you feel this process went? And nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, it was great. Maybe this could be easier next time. And it's just like, that's like the example of life. Like nothing is ever going to be 100%. We have to get comfortable living in the gray area. I like that a lot. I think I've definitely noticed lately, I think, especially since coming up with this podcast and talking more about how we need to be more open about the messy middle. I think that my friends and I have been having better, more open conversations about our shortcomings and the ways that we need to improve. And I feel like I don't know if it's just the like the bias of because I'm thinking about it more, I'm noticing it more in the world. But I feel like 
for me, a big transition out of being a beginner and entering into the messy stage has been not pretending like I have it all together anymore and not pretending like I need to put on this facade in order to be taken seriously. And that sometimes honesty is like the best thing to solidify my position of authority. I think that's kind of the coolest part about it is that as soon as everyone acknowledges that we're all, we all have our own like special sauce, then that also acknowledges that we aren't perfect at everything, but we're really great at the thing that we're creating a business about. And so kind of like almost owning your shortcomings is the same thing as owning your expertise because it's giving you permission to not have to know everything because you can be confident about the things that you are already like kicking butt at and that you've been able to build a business about which is super rare. Like not everybody can do this. Like not everybody is thinking about how they can just like make money appear out of like the clear blue sky, you know? So like it's, we need to give ourselves some more credit. (laughs) We definitely do. I think like permission and acceptance of like staying in your own lane can be a really positive thing and a great learning experience that I know I've been trying to lean into a little bit more, especially lately. So. We've done a lot of talking about how we're always facing imposter syndrome and we kind of always feel like a beginner, even when we're acknowledging that we're not. But can you think of anything that you've experienced maybe in this past year where you were like, oh gosh, I've been doing this too long. Like I shouldn't be experiencing this like dumb beginner problem anymore. Oh my gosh. Literally so many. (laughs) Okay. So I've been managing people for almost 10 years. And I've been in work. I worked in corporate sales before that. So I've been around for a long time. Like sometimes the entrepreneurs, the really successful people I work with have been like, I've been in business for half their lives. (laughs) So it's really, or more. So it's really like, I want to just acknowledge that experience is, is really great and it means a lot and it matters a lot. But I heard this quote that was your lived experience is your expertise. And that is really the thing, because I have also met other HR professionals that would never be able to teach the way that I do. And I've also met other consultants like my mentor, for example, that can get his thoughts out there so quickly and strategically that it becomes a plan right away. That's not a that I have. And he has 50 years of experience. So I think that there's we're always going to be able to find those things that we're kind of like, oh crap, I can't believe I'm like back at this point again. And for me, it just always comes up with the feeling of like, I'm a disaster. Like my, I'm so busy. I'm so disorganized and I'm literally burning myself out writing blogs about how to delegate so that you're not burning yourself out. Like literally on my to-do list is a blog about please explain to people how great it is to delegate. And I am still holding tasks really close to the chest because I'm too afraid to let them go because of my self-worth or my self-esteem that comes from being able to do it all. So, I mean, when I like, I joke about it, but it's like, it's literally still sitting there on my to-do list, like write a blog about how, if you're not like, don't be afraid to delegate because you're going to burn yourself out. And I'm over here, like literally burning the candle at both ends, like hoping that like, I can have a shower one day, you know? So it's like, oftentimes the experts that we're hearing from are also struggling with that same thing that we're learning from them about. And that's why they're worth listening to because they've been through it and they've put themselves in those situations and they're confident enough to say that because they're still, you know, somehow making something happen (laughs) along the way. 
that blog post example just reminded me that like I've created an entire content membership about making posting on LinkedIn easy and posting on LinkedIn for this week is the thing that has been moved from the bottom of my to-do list on every single day of my planner (laughs) because sometimes like the thing that you're supposed to be the expert at is the thing that you just like cannot make happen that day and that is very relatable (laughs) (laughs) I had something similar happen today where I kind of had to check myself in the middle of it because of you know entrepreneurs I think a lot of us can relate to like when something excites us I think you and I have actually talked about this then all of a sudden we're like hyper focused like get it done like building a course in a day or whatever that other people will have on their like I hope I do this one day list for years Um, and that happened to me this morning where I literally had to put myself in check. And I was like, you do not need to buy a sales page template on show it just because you learned how to do show it and create a sales page for some product that you just dreamed up in the morning. Like you need to do the things that you need to do. (laughs) Like you need to prep for the podcast and you need to like get ready for the day and like, do not get your credit card out and buy the sales page template because it sounds fun. Like that is something you can add for later and do the blog about being burned out now. (laughs) Yeah. It's like sometimes, yeah, it's like sometimes like I'm not even that high of a quick start, but sometimes when it comes to business, like my quick start needs to chill because it's just like (laughs) all of my other instincts get overridden. And I'm just like, I got to do this now. If it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen because I need to get it out of my brain. Yeah. And it's a really special type of person that rewards themselves with work that sounds fun after they do the work that doesn't sound fun. Like, I mean, maybe it's called workaholic, but I'm not like claiming that title, but it's like, well, if I do the things on my ClickUp list that are in like, you know, past due basically today, then I can do that new project as a reward. And it's like, girl, get a life. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm the same way. I've been I think I spent the entirety of 2021 trying to convince myself that I wanted a hobby. And going into 2022, I like released the expectation that I had to have a hobby. And I just told myself, like, I want to love the things that I'm doing in my spare time. And if that thing is work, then I get to do work in my spare time. Because like, there's nothing worse than like, begrudgingly doing a puzzle when you want to be doing something else (laughs) just because you're like supposed to not work on the weekends, like releasing the expectation that like, I intentionally don't have a nine to five. Why am I trying to give my own work boundaries, boundaries that I don't want? Yeah. What's the point? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I feel like that's another thing is these expectations were created in a totally different world. Like, working nine to five isn't actually a thing anymore because the law says we need a lunch break. So it's actually eight to five or nine to six. So like, it's just every, nothing makes sense. Like it doesn't mean that we're less than if we're working, you know, on Sundays and then three days through the week, like that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Like I actually think it's great because then we have like a lot of focused time where we're not answering Slack messages and emails and everybody's on Instagram and you know, this, that, and the other, like, it's actually really nice to work when, no one else is. It doesn't mean that we're less than because we're not doing the eight hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're doing 12 and it's on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's with so much more enthusiasm. Like I remember over like Christmas, 
you and me and Meg, who our listeners will remember from the last two episodes, were talking and we were all like, I can't wait to work tomorrow. Like, I have this list of things that I'm Mm -hmm. so excited to tackle. And I Mm -hmm. have never felt that way about, you know, work being dictated by someone else. But like, because we are creating these jobs and we're creating these companies, we're able to create this work that we're actually excited to jump in and do the next day, which I think is really special. Yeah. And that's not common. I think maybe a lot of your listeners might not, I know I like rant about this all the time after being in corporate for so long, but we're so lucky. Like it's not common that you, like most people just go in and clock in and do their job and go home and they don't really care. And like, we get to be excited and happy about the things that we're doing that are also giving us like, you know, a livelihood. Yeah, definitely. So my final question for you, I kind of think is answering the thing that we've been talking about, but so the middle is messy, but it's not all that bad. Is there anything that maybe you've experienced or started adopting or are reflecting on from the past, you know, year or so that you wouldn't have been able to experience if you hadn't gone through the beginning stage to really sit in the messy middle? Yeah. I mean, in the simplest terms, it's just we want to work with people that we like and we have good relationships with, but we can't build relationships without having an understanding of their perspective. So having gone through the process and the struggle of building an online business for a year without very much traction and, you know, learning all the things and doing all the freebies and, you know, all of that stuff, it was super important to go through in order to really relate to the clients that we're working with, to the audience that we have, to the people that are, um, I don't want to say consuming our content because that sounds so like bro markety, but like the people that are DMing us on Instagram, if they like our posts or if they feel seen or heard by our Instagram stories or whatever. If I had just gone from, I have 10 years of experience, like let me help you with your HR, then I never would have been able to relate to the clients that I'm connecting with so much now because we all have to go through that beginning stage and being able to relate to each other on that level is not something to take lightly. Like I went to bed at night, like wondering, like, am I ever going to get this freaking thing off the ground? Like, does any, do I like, am I even worth this? Like, you know, I was sending out proposals that were like a fraction of what we'll charge now. And I had no guidance and no idea of what I was doing. And I was afraid to invest and I was afraid of a lot of stuff. And I think being able to tap into that feelings, isn't just a marketing strategy. Like it isn't just a way to like, create a sales page where you're putting somebody in their shoes, but to actually be able to relate to them on those calls. And especially when it comes to what we do, which is the management and the team building is like, I've been there. Like I've been in a situation where I had to have a difficult conversation with an employee that maybe hurt my feelings, or I've been in a situation where it felt like it was all just too much. And I only wanted to worry about myself for a change. Like I've almost quit my job a thousand times because I was like, I'm so sick of worrying about other people. Like, I just want to like, think about myself. I mean, don't even get me started on COVID and vaccine mandates and masks and all that kind of stuff that we have to deal with it in person businesses. Um, But that's another podcast for another day. Um, (laughs) But realistically, it's like, if you don't go through it, you can't really relate and connect with people. And then if you're not committed to the mission of helping the people that you're serving, then what is the point? Like that is not fun. It's not, it doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me want to keep going. It doesn't make me be like, oh, well, at least I helped that one person and I can do it again tomorrow, even though I'm feeling like crap about myself today or whatever. So I think that's the big thing is just embracing that early part where you're like, what am I doing? (laughs) And then kind of like 
being excited because the world is like your oyster kind of, and you get to have all these awesome opportunities and you can see all the opportunities. And I don't want to lose that feeling. And I think that we need to think about that more in the middle that we're at, like in the messy middle where we're like, we can still see those opportunities more clearly. Whereas maybe if you're like past the messy middle, which I'm not hundred percent sure if that's a thing, um, then, then like, do you still see those opportunities or are you locked into the thing that got you past the messy middle? Like it's kind of a magical place to be and that you've proven your success, but there's also so many cool things that you can continue to create and add value to the world. So I don't know. It's kind of, I think it's the best place to be. I don't want to graduate. <laughs> I think that is an amazing note to end on. Kira, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Before we leave, where can people find you and how can they give you money? Oh my gosh, this is my favorite. Okay, so we have a, honestly, like just Instagram, just let me know that you listen to this episode and then you listen to Haley's podcast and we'll chat about it. And then I can help you with, we have so many different freebies. We have a quiz that you can take, um, and all kinds of different resources. So I think Instagram with, which is just at the paradigm with two M's, that would be the best place to go. And then, I mean, obviously our website, which I'm sure will be listed in the show notes, which is the hyphen paradigm.com. And we have a page for resources there too. But yeah, I mean, we're always looking to connect with other entrepreneurs, especially the listeners of this podcast that are just like me. Um, So like, let's be friends. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you, Kira, so much for joining us. And thank you to everyone who listened. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Or more likely, thanks for leaving your phone just far enough away that you can't get to it in time to skip past this part. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and leave a review. And shout out to my guests for joining me, my dog for not barking, my editor Chrissy for doing her thing, and my friend Devin for letting me use his music. You can check out all of the links for the podcast, anything mentioned in today's episode, and the amazing people who helped me put on the show in the show notes. Bye!